We're so glad you're here this morning for a couple of reasons. It's always weird when I'm just here by myself. <laughs> and because it's a day to, to celebrate, as I, as I said earlier, you see, uh, a lot of people want to celebrate Christmas, and, and, uh, and unfortunately, these things can get very commercialized and all that stuff, and I'm not afraid of the Easter Bunny, and I can embrace all of that, but Christmas would be nothing without resurrection. If he didn't come back from the dead, then everything we'd believed in would be in vain. And uh, I just find it so amazing. Uh, I love history. I've been watching on the History Channel. There's been a great bunch of programs and stuff on. And and it's amazing how many people want to debate and and say that, you know, I'm not so sure I believe this. And uh, this whole story of Jesus is just a bunch of man-made stories. And, you know, who could believe that? Well, do you believe in World War I? Were you there? Did you see it? Or is it just a bunch of man-made stories? Or can we take a fact from history that some things happened that you weren't there to observe and it's still true, whether you were there or not, and that some outcomes were made because of that, whether you were there or not. And so I invite you, if, if you're somebody that maybe you've been a believer but you still wonder, how could this be true? It's called faith. Or maybe you're, you're not a believer and you wonder, how can I even believe in this? Look to history. If you, if you struggle with the faith part, look to the fact of history. Jesus was a man. Jesus did what he said he was going to do. Fact. And I uh, hope I can prove that to you this morning. But maybe you're also somebody that said, hey, I've been a believer for years, and yet, you know, this whole part is just, it's a little much. This morning... As we celebrate what we call Resurrection Sunday, Easter, whatever you choose to call it. It's about the cornerstone, the, the, the crux, the meat. It's the, it's the biggest part of what Jesus and all of the people of the New Testament were looking forward to and talking about. There's many things that people say about Jesus. There's many things that people say about religion and Christianity. But the middle of it, the heart of it all, is the resurrection. Because without it, there would be no hope. Without it, there would be no New Testament. Without it, there would be nothing to look forward to. There'd be nobody to be praying to. There'd be no reason for you to even worry about getting up. But the reality is, since there is, we have a risen Savior who told us what was going to happen, and then it happened. And that's the wonder of our Savior Jesus Christ. He keeps His promises. And and as I've said many times, any person that can predict their death And it happens the way he said it was going to happen. And then predicts that he's coming back in three days. And it happens the way he said it's going to happen. That's somebody I'll put my trust in. (laughs) Because the reality is many people have called themselves deities. Many people have called themselves God. And yet they died. Jesus died and rose again. In fact, even Google believes this. You can check this after the service. Turn on Google. Those of you that are at your house, you can even say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, or whatever you say. And just say these words, the resurrection of. Don't finish it. Just say the resurrection of. Guess what will come up? Jesus. Now, isn't that amazing? You don't see any other God there. You don't see any other religious figure there. It will say the resurrection of Jesus. 
Is that not enough for you? If Google believes that Jesus rose from the dead, <laughs> and Alexa believes that Jesus rose from the dead, what more do you need? Because if Google says it, it must be true, right? We don't even question that. Isn't that amazing? But this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, Jesus Christ. He's our our Lord. He's our Savior. He is resurrected. He is alive and well. He is powerful. He is wonderful. He He's made a, a, an opportunity for every person, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, to enter into His family. And that's pretty amazing to me. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It'll be on the screen, but First things first here, let's, let's just go through a few things to set this, the tone here. So first of all, a lot of times we talk about this cross, and the cross was important, but it wasn't a tragedy. It wasn't a tragedy, it was a triumph. It was something that's necessary, because without Him dying, there couldn't be the resurrection. Without Him dying, there couldn't have been the payment for our sin. So we've got to not think of it as the doom and the gloom. He knew what it was. He understood what it was all about. But our reality is the cross was just the piece that set it up for the resurrection. Secondly, this resurrection that we talked about, we're going to look at a passage here from Romans 1-4. The resurrection proves that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's look at Romans 1 and 4 real quick. Here is is the the heart of the matter is Paul, who's a, a, a non-believer at that time, he says, Now I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Verse 4. There's three. There we go. He declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. How? How did he prove that he was the Son of God? Resurrection from the dead. Lots of people, and, and you've got to realize this, we're, we're sometimes in the West, we're not so educated. Many people before Jesus came and said that they were the Messiah, and they died. But they didn't get back up. Many of them came and led rebellions. Many of them came with new theories. Many, And the Romans even knew this. They're like, here's another one of these guys. The Pharisees knew this. Here's another one of these guys saying this stuff again. And yet none of them got back up. Only Jesus could fulfill what he said he was going to fulfill. He predicted his own resurrection. John 2 and 19, he says, If you tear down this temple, meaning his body, I will raise it up again in three days. Now think about that. How, how good of a prediction could you make about your death? Not only how he was going to die, he said that too, how he was going to die. But he said, in three days, just give me three days, and I'm getting back up. And guess what happened? In three days, he got back up, never to die again. That's somebody that we can trust. And because he rose again, again, fact... He conquered all of our enemies, specifically death, hell, the grave. He has dominion. He has handed this kingdom over to God. The Father, 1 Corinthians, talks about this, and, and we'll see that in just a little bit. But others have made this claim, but the only empty tomb there is Jesus. Now, here's a future tense. This is the exciting part. Jesus was the first of many, and when He comes back, there's going to be a lot of empty graves. <laughs> Everybody that has believed in Him will rise first the dead and then the living. 
And all those graves, all those tombs, all those markers, all those things, they will be a temporal place, a a place here on earth. But after that, they will be empty as well as you and I go to meet him in the air. At least that's what the Bible says, and that's what I believe. Now, as we see in 1 Corinthians, he's talking to a church in Corinth, and, and time has passed. You've got to understand that this is, this is some uh, almost 90 years after the death of Jesus Christ. This church has been formed, and people have begun to forget. And Paul is talking to them and trying to remind them, saying, hey, there's some important things that we can't forget. We've, we've got to remind people that are new believers, people that have, haven't lived this out, people that didn't see it. We've got to remind them about what is important. And this is what he says, verses 1 through 7. He said, moreover, moreover, my brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. The gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ, which also you have received and in which you stand by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Now, that's an important thing. Why are you believing? That's a great question this morning. What do you believe and why are you believing? Only you know that. But he's asking the church the same thing. What are you believing? You need to believe in that gospel. But if you don't believe the fullness of the gospel, you're believing in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul had not been a disciple at that time. Look at This is what he heard. This is what he believed. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The Scriptures had been talking about this ever since the beginning, that Messiah would come, that Jesus would come. He would bear all of our iniquities. As we heard from Linda this morning, as she talked about Isaiah 53, He bore our transgressions. He took all of that on Himself, carried that responsibility. He died for our sins and that He was buried. Yes, He actually died. And that's not a period there. There's a comment there. He died and He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Scripture said that that would happen too, and it happened. And that He was seen by Cephas, that would be Peter, and then by the twelve. Look at this. So we've got witnesses that saw Him, saw the empty tomb. And there's all the, all the variations, all the conspiracy theories that we don't have time to get into today. I just want to point to the fact that no matter what you believe about Jesus, there's three specific things you need to believe. He is a real person. He died for your sins. And He rose again. That's, that's the gospel right there. All the other stuff, all the intricacies, all the, the things that maybe we can or can't prove, those three things we can prove, those three things are historical facts. And you say, well, they're not my historical facts. That's okay. You can wonder. You can, you can grow in your faith. But like I said, there's many things that you weren't witnesses to that you say you believe. Do you really believe NASA went to the moon? Even today, we've got people think that was a fake. I don't know what the purpose would be. (laughs) So they could say they did? Well, why not fake Mars? Were you there? Were you on the spacecraft? Did you see them step out? Did you see them plant the flag? Or was it just a big hoax? Something to fool the weak-minded? 
Because that's what they say about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not here to fool anybody. I'm here to reassure you more and more as we get closer and closer that Jesus was who He said He was and did what He said He would do. And no matter what the world may say, no matter how things may change, those facts remain unaltered. And we have something to hope in. Because if He did rise again, we've got a hope that we will rise as well. And that's what he's trying to remind the church. It's gotten hard. There's been persecution. Time has passed and people are, well, when's he going to come? When's he going to come? Believe me, you, if you're wondering about that, you're, you're just like all the disciples. Nobody was standing outside the tomb on the third day saying, wait for this. <laughs> Nobody believed him. Nobody was standing outside going, wait, oh, one more hour. Nobody believed him. They're all sitting around moping. Even though we told him again and again, none of them believed. Even his closest followers didn't believe. But then when there's an earthquake and then when angels show up and then the stone is rolled away, then they believed. Just like you can believe this morning. What do you believe? Do you believe he's just a good man? Do you believe he's a risen Savior? Do you believe that he saved you and that he conquered your sins? Do you believe that we don't have to suffer for eternity and death, but we get raised up again through Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he actually has paid for your forgiveness of your sins? That's the Jesus that we're talking about. Not only that, even if it's just this small group of religious nuts, look at verse 6. After that, he was seen by... 500, now you tell me, how many witnesses do you have to have before you stop saying it's a, it's a hoax? That it wasn't real. 500 other people saw him. Not only that, he's telling the church, some of those people are still alive as I'm writing this. You, you don't believe me? Go ask them. I'll give you the names of the people that saw him. Go ask Bob. Go ask Sammy. Go ask this guy. He saw him. Go ask him. Don't just believe me. Go ask him. That's what they're saying. He said, but some of them have fallen asleep. Some of them have died. Now, here we go. Here's one of the greatest proofs of the Bible, if you don't believe it or not. After this, he was seen by James. Now, do you think, well, what's, what's so big about that? James is actually Jesus' brother. Now, you tell me, what would you have to do? What would you have to say? How would you have to live to have one of your brothers or sisters say, you are God? Come on. Think about it. What would your bigger brother or sister, what would your younger brother or sister have to do to prove to you that they were God and that you would declare that they were God? Think about that. That's pretty good proof right there. The brother of Jesus said, he is the son of God. You know you couldn't say nothing to make your sister or brother believe you were God, could you? Huh? Now the devil, maybe, but God... Now, what's hard is this gets uncomfortable. And I'm going to get to this point real quick so we can get on with the good stuff. The hard part for people why they don't want to believe, and if you're one of those this morning, we invite you to believe, and you don't have to have it all figured out. We walk through this. We, we learn and we grow. But the hard part is that if there was a God, then there's also sin. And if there's sin, there's punishment for sin. 
as he did. And if there's punishment for sin, that means you've got to make a choice. Either you're going to face God and his wrath, which I don't want for you, and you don't want for you, whether you've read it or not, you don't want that. Or you take a step of faith this morning. And you say, I'm not sure I got it all uh, tied down. I'm not sure I believe it all. That's okay. But I can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And as I've said many, many times, here's the reality. If, you're, if I'm wrong, and this is a big complex hoax, what have you lost? What have you lost? You've lived a good life. You've treated people well. You've known how to love. You've known how to forgive. You've known how to worship. You've known how to pray. You've got somebody that takes care of your needs and your prayers and your fears. And if, if I'm wrong, that's all that's happened. But if you're wrong, and there is a God, and there is His Son, Jesus Christ, and there is eternal punishment forever, what have you lost? That's a big question, isn't it? If I'm right, and there is God, and there is a heaven, and there is a hell, where do you want to go? And this morning, you don't have to have it all figured out, but you do need to make a decision. And that decision can either be, I reject this outright, there is no God, I don't even know what I'm doing here, mom just said if I came she'd fix me lunch. (laughs) I'm with you, I get it. But can I tell you, as one person that didn't get raised in church that was very much believed in science and believed the lie of evolution until I was 21 years old, that when I opened my heart and my mind to this, I didn't have an encounter, I didn't have a vision, I wasn't uh, on LSD, I didn't have any of that stuff. I just began to read... And I began to ask myself, why can't I believe? And Jesus has made himself so real to me over the years, proven himself again and again and again and again. And my life has dramatically changed, dramatically changed from who I was to who I am now. And I still have a long way to go in in him perfecting me. But if you could dare to just seek some truth, if you could dare to just open your heart up a little bit, and not out of fear, but out of genuine curiosity, and allow the Scriptures, allow God to prove Himself to you, I believe He will. Because if you can get through this thick skull that didn't know anything, then you are a great candidate to become a new family member of God. And that's what this is really all about. The resurrection is what gives us hope that anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyplace can get saved. And they've got hope. They don't have to be part of this, that, or the other. They just have to believe in Jesus. And we leave the rest up to our conscience. Look at verses 12 through 8 here for just a second. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, that's what we're preaching this morning. How are there people that say there's no resurrection? There was a group of people that said, hey, there's no resurrection. It's just here and now. We just got to make the best of it. Verse 13, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, 
then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. There was no reason to be here this morning. In fact, I would say that there's no reason to be. Period. If we're just in existence, if we're, why go to work tomorrow if it doesn't matter? Why have kids? Why pay your bills? Why drive cars? That's just a bunch of hassle. If it really doesn't matter, why don't we just lay down and wait for eternity? You know why? Because there is something in every human heart that believes there's something more. Whether they want to face Jesus or not, I don't know, but there's something in every human heart that believes that there's more. We believe that there's justice. Where does that come from? The animal kingdom doesn't have that. We believe in hope. The animal kingdom doesn't have that. Where does our hope come from? Jesus Christ. That there is something after death, that there is a right, that there is a wrong. The rest of the world gets this. Even the animals just believe like they're animals. But us, we're the ones made in His image. And we say, oh, I'm not so sure there's a God. And He rose from the dead so that you and I could be witness to this and proof of this. And it's something we've got to hang on to. Your faith is not empty. The tomb is empty, but your faith isn't. Verse 15, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up if, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Think about that for just a minute. It's useless. You're still in your sin. See, that's, that's the heart that I'm coming from this morning. If you haven't received Jesus Christ, you owe a debt. And this morning, I want you to know He paid that debt, and you can be free from your old life. 2 Corinthians talks about that we have new life in Jesus Christ, that we are made new. Our body looks the same, but how we think, how we act, how we speak, our heart changes, our mind changes, everything becomes new. If you will just take that step of faith this morning and begin that process, or you can live in doubt and shame and pain, but why? You can avoid all that. You don't have to go through all that. You would still be in your sins, but... The fact remains, he did rise again. (laughs) Verses 18 through 24, look what it says. If this hasn't happened, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Now think about this. I've done many, many funerals. If there's no Christ... If there's no hope for the future, why do people say when somebody dies, they're in a better place? Even people that say they don't believe think he's in a better place, she's in a better place. Where is that better place if there's no eternity, if there's no hope, if we just die and turn to dirt? You just become worm food. I don't believe that. I believe that we have a destiny with Jesus Christ who will raise us up again and we will be made brand new. We don't just become worm food. If in this life we only hope in Christ and yet He hasn't risen, then we 
are the most pitiable people on the planet. <laughs> Think about that. But now, Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Look what he's saying. He's like, he was just the first one to pave the way. He was the Lewis and Clark of resurrection to show us how to get there. And if he got there, others can get there too. That's you and that's me. For since by man came death, we earned that death, we sinned. Also came the resurrection of the dead. Jesus had to come to pay for all that. Verse 22, as in Adam, everyone dies. Now, this is what sounds a little weird. Uh, unless we live long enough, maybe another generation, whenever it is that Jesus comes back. The Bible says that we all face death once and then the judgment. So it's not that we don't die, but we just don't stay dead. Jesus died too, but guess what? He got up again. <laughs> he's alive now. That's what He's promising you and me. And He's promising that it's a good thing, that it's a blessed thing, that it's a prosperous thing. You don't want the other side. Verse 24, then comes the end. There will be an end to all of this. When He delivers the kingdom of God... Or the kingdom to God the Father when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. All the stuff that's acting on us right now will be gone and we will be in God's immaculate and wonderful kingdom. As I shared earlier, we've got great insight. He talks a lot about heaven, a place where there's no darkness, a place where there's no pain a place where there's no tears, a place where there's no sorrow, a place where there's no shame, a place where there's no sin, a place where there's no death, a place where there's no taxes, a place where there's no diets. No calories. Wouldn't that be nice? You can eat what you want when you want. No bad hair days. Not my problem, but I know lots of people. <laughs> and before we move on, I, I just want to take just a moment to pray for you. Maybe, maybe you're still new to all this, and you're like, man, there's so much that I don't understand. I've been there. And I, I don't expect you to have it all understood this morning. What I do ask is, you got questions? Ask them. You got questions, start reading the Bible. Start in John. It talks specifically about Jesus. Then, then go to Romans. It talks about our human condition. Those are great places to go. And those are both in the New Testament. I can show you where those are at. But don't just take my word for it. And that's, that's the biggest part of this. Some people believe because their mom and dad told them. Some people believe because they heard a pastor tell them once. I'm telling you, history shows that Jesus was the man he said he was and rose from the dead. And if you can believe in World War II and World War one and the civil war, then you can believe in Jesus Christ and start a new life that's incredible and rich and fulfilling. And yes, it'll change you, but all the changes are good. All the changes are good. Let me just show you real quick on, 
on witnesses. And, and maybe if this is your first time in church, you're wondering, man, these are some weird people. They use weird words. They do weird things. I don't know what's up with all the music. And I even saw some people raising their hands and people moving around and they do these hand motions. And it was all new to me at one time too. <laughs> but that all makes sense to me now. And you may say, oh, I'm not that kind of person. How are you at the ball games? You just sit there. This is great. Go, Johnny. That was incredible. Did you see that touchdown? Because I'll tell you what, I've coached sports, and parents can be the most crazy, stupid, outgoing, vocal, yelling, screaming, cheering people on the planet until you get them in church, and then they're like... I raise my hands because I know the answer. When you're in class and you know the answer, what do you do? I raise my hands because I'm not bound up anymore. I know what it's like to wear handcuffs. I know what it's like to be in bondage. And I'm not that anymore, so I can raise my hands. And I don't dance because I don't know how to dance. But if you like to dance, dance. I don't know how to sing really well, but I can worship, and I worship. I love to worship my Father. But there was a time I stood there thinking, how do they know these words? And I don't understand what they're singing, and I don't know what they're saying. But over time, as Jesus got a hold of more and more of my life, and I had the hope of resurrection, it came in, and now I can be free in that. And I don't want you to be like my free. I want you to be your free, whatever that is for you. I'm not here to teach you how to worship or what you got to do, but to stand there like you're still dead. I just gave you the best news that you've ever heard. There will be something after you close your eyes here. And it will be wonderful. It will be worth waiting for. It will be worth changing for. Some people have this idea that heaven's going to be this horrible, boring place where we just listen to harp music. If that's heaven, I don't want to go. I don't particularly like harp music. But I read that there is a sea that looks like polished glass. And a throne that's built out of living rainbows? And a God seated on the throne that is emanating glory. And that angels and elders are praising Him, saying, Holy, holy, holy. And angels are flying and people are praising and people are taking off crowns. And let, I mean, heaven's a busy place. Not only that, but you get the opportunity to, to give heaven something to party about this morning. It says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to God. Did you know this morning you could have a, he a heavenly party if you would decide that Jesus Christ is worth the shot this morning and that all of heaven, I believe right now somebody's trying to make that decision and God's like, guys, come and watch this. 
I mean, think about that. They're flying around saying, holy, holy. And he's like, hey, shh, shh, shh. Look at this. Betty's about to make a decision. And if that guy would just shut up. (laughs) And can I tell you, if you make that decision, not because I told you to, not even because I want you to, and I do, but because you're willing to say, there might be a Jesus, and I want to know him better. Just that. You see, we sometimes we make it complicated. The Bible is really simple. It says if you just call in the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. You don't have to do all this stuff and pay all that and learn all this. That comes with the walking in it and the practicing it. That, just like anything else, you've got to get good at it. But the way to get saved is to ask to be saved. And it happens. That's how, and it happens by faith. It's, it's just like the ATM, right? How many of you know how an ATM works? But you know a transaction takes place, right? You surrender something, right? And then something comes back to you. And usually you rejoice over it, right? You surrender something. And you get something wonderful back. That's the same thing that happens with Jesus. Now, wouldn't it be different going to the ATM if sometimes it didn't give you the money back? I don't know. Last time I tried this, it wasn't so good. Last time I got a bill. Last time I just kept my card and emptied out my bank account. Then we'd approach the ATM with like, I hope it goes good this time. Can I tell you that maybe you've had that experience with church and it hasn't been wonderful, it's been kind of woo That's church. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about Jesus. Okay? I'm not inviting you to believe in the church. That'll come later. I'm inviting you to accept and believe in Jesus, who is our King, our Savior, our resurrected God, who many, 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 many thousands versus millions of people have said, I can believe that. And their lives have become better because of it. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, but that's what I'm inviting you to. Let's take a look at the rest of this this morning. That's the hard stuff. And then we're going to pray. There are witnesses to this. I want you to understand the fullness of what the Bible is talking about this morning. We can't go into everything, obviously. But look at this. Why is this so important? It keeps coming up again and again and again. It wasn't just a one-time thing that they kind of glossed over. Look at this, Acts 2 and 32. This Jesus, God, has raised up of which we are all witnesses. This is what he's saying. We're going to be a witness of this. Even though I didn't see it, I'm going to be a witness. You know how you're a witness when you didn't see it? You believe in Jesus Christ. And you talk about that there's a resurrection coming. Acts 4, 1 and 2 said, Now as they spoke to the people, this is some of those disciples, the priests, the captain of the temple, they're, they're being put under interrogation here. Verse 2, They were greatly disturbed that they did something. Guess what they did? They were teaching the people and preached in Jesus and 
The resurrection of the dead. Notice that they keep adding that. It's not just about Jesus. It's about the resurrection. Why? That's where our hope is. Acts 4.33, and with great power, the apostles, those early believers, they give witness to what? The resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Look at this. Witnesses, witnesses, witnesses. And great grace was upon them all. This is what Paul was saying. Paul is trying to tell these people in a city. They were Epicureans and Stoic philosophers. People that didn't believe. I love this. This is modern day. Look at this. Some of them said, what is this babbler trying to say? And maybe you're sitting there this morning saying the same thing about me. What is this babbler trying to say? And others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. See, people have always been worshiping somebody. Some of them worship Diana. Some of them worship Roman gods and Greek mythology and all kinds of stuff and Chaldean gods and all kinds of gods. We were made to worship. But I'm telling you, you don't want to pick the wrong one. You want to pick the original one. None of those other ones came back from the dead. They're not who you think they may be. And last but not least, this is the part we'll close on this morning. First Peter, this is... Incredible thing. He says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten or birthed or brought us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If He didn't rise again, church, we would have no living hope. But He is our living hope, and He is the hope of us living. (laughs) There's a reason that we're alive. There's a reason to keep getting up. There's a reason to keep praying. There's a reason to keep worshiping. It is a living hope. Our whole life is based on this. Without it, we just exist. And God has meant so much more for us than that. And so, like I said, maybe you're still struggling to buy all this and to believe all this and just let the first things be first. Just... Ask yourself, why not believe? That's a great question. Why not believe? What would it hurt? If you can believe we went to the moon, if you can believe that there was a Vietnam War, if you believe that there was a Great Depression that many of you never saw, can you believe that there might be the man Jesus Christ, Son of God, that raised from the dead? and start a brand new path this morning. And it doesn't all just happen at once. It's a lifelong journey. And maybe you're a believer that's been to church, you're raised in church, you walked away from church, and you're like, I just, I couldn't get into it. There's too much religion. There's, I'm just telling you, find Jesus. I'm not asking you to do anything weird. I'm not asking you to come to Sunday school. I'm not asking you to dress up with a suit and tie. I'm asking you to just ask yourself, can I give Jesus another shot? And maybe you're somebody that's been in church for years and you've got no doubts, but things have gotten a little hard and you're wondering how long it's going to take and the world has changed quite a bit and you need to remember we still have a living hope. 
No matter how dark it may seem out there, we've got hope because Jesus Christ is the light who's coming back again. And if He came back from the dead like He said He would, then He'll come back for us like He said He would, right? And that's what we're hoping for now. He's already resurrected. I'm hoping Him to come back. What the Bible calls a glorious appearing. And believe me, it'll be glorious. It'll be incredible. And we've got to remember that. This is not our home. This is just where our mission is, to tell other people about Jesus and the resurrection. That's why we're here.